Good morning, and welcome to our May 3rd service. I'm going to start this morning with uh, an opening prayer. So let's pray. Spirit of life and love, we gather together in different ways this morning. From computer screens, from telephones, from car radios, we gather reaching out across the wires, waving from a safe distance, coming together in community. From living room to front porch, we gather as we are able, ready to be of service to each other, to the world, ready to build the community of hope and of love as we face this bright morning. We are apart, but we are together, offering our love, our commitment, our hope, and our prayers, offering them in service to one another in this world. It is a new way, but an old way, that we come together in worship today. Amen. Our scripture passage this morning comes from Genesis fifty fourteen to 21. After burying Jacob, Joseph returned to Egypt with his brothers and all who had accompanied him to his father's burial. But now that their father was dead, Joseph's brothers became fearful. Now Joseph would show his anger and pay us back for all the wrong we did to him, they said. So they sent this message to Joseph. Before your father died, he instructed us to say to you, Please forgive your brothers for the great wrong they did to you, for their sin in treating you so cruelly. So we, the servants of the God of your father, beg you to forgive our sin. When Joseph received the message, he broke down and wept. Then his brothers came and threw themselves down before Joseph. Look, we are your slaves, they said. But Joseph replied, Don't be afraid of me. Am I God that I can punish you? You intended to harm me. But God intended it all for good. He brought me to this position so I could save the lives of many people. No, don't be afraid. I will continue to take care of you and your children. So he reassured them by speaking kindly to them. So far our reading. When I sat down to write the sermon this week, I had a plan to preach on something else besides the coronavirus this time. I don't know about you, but I'm, I'm sometimes growing tired of constantly hearing about this pandemic. I'm sure I'm not the only one. But as I was writing this sermon, I kept finding myself still coming back to this topic. 
I realized that as much as I didn't want to talk about it, apparently my subconscious didn't get the memo. No matter how much I didn't want to think about it, I couldn't stop. It just kept working its way in. And I realized that I'm probably not the only one struggling not to think about how this virus is affecting the world. So in the end, I gave in. And I am going to talk once again about this pandemic, which still seems to hold the world hostage. But today, I don't want to talk about the weight of COVID-19 on our lives. I don't want to talk about the negative. I want to talk about the positive. Because there is positive. God is working in the midst of this. And we need to recognize this. We need to see the good that can come out of the bad. Or else we risk being overcome by it. Fortunately, it actually isn't as hard as you might think to find that good. It's there right in front of us. It's just easy to overlook it when we're overwhelmed and worrying. The truth is God is working behind the scenes and in ways we can't even hardly imagine to bring some good out of this bad. In Genesis 50, verse 20, we see this firsthand. Here, Joseph, who now has a place in Egypt's court, comes face to face with brothers that sold him into slavery so many years ago. They're terrified of what he will do to them. But he replies, You intended to harm me, but God intended it all for good. He brought me to this position so I could save the lives of many people. Now, don't get tripped up when it says God intended it for good. It can sound like, like the God made Joseph brothers sell him into slavery, but that's not what it means. This is clearer when we look at other translations. Good News Translation says, You plotted evil against me, but God turned it into good. Or the Common English Bible, You planned something bad for me, but God produced something good from it. There we can hear more what's happening. Or God took the bad and made something good happen. When it says God intended, it's referring to the fact that God knew that Joseph brothers were going to sell him into slavery. And so, long before it took place, God already planned for their sin to result in the good that we see here in this verse, where Joseph can help his family. It's this kind of good we need to see today in the world 
around us. The ways that God has taken a horrible crisis and managed to have some good come out of it. And as always, it works through people, mostly. So what good is it that's happening right now? Well, I have an incomplete list of some of the things I've seen and heard about. I'm sure you guys have many more. One of the most amazing ways to see God right now is in what's happening to nature. Lack of the day-to-day normal human interaction. The cars driving on the roads, industries slowing down. It's created less pollution and it has shown the remarkable way that God's creation can recover. There are numerous stories and pictures of people being able to see things like mountain ranges and from their homes, which they've never before been able to see because they were covered by pollution. But now that pollution is backed off. One example of the waters of Venice. I'm sure you can Google the picture to see that the, the waters are clearer and less polluted than they've ever have been. Then there's the, the news of the pandas in a Hong Kong zoo. Pandas who they'd been trying to get mate for over a decade. And, and they had actually given up on natural mating and they were doing in vitro fertilization for the pandas. But then now they finally mated. Apparently all they needed was some privacy. They didn't like being stared at constantly by all the people coming to the zoo. It actually makes sense if you think about it. There's also a cool story about how birds are visiting people's homes more than they have. There was a man called Lund who called on his Twitter followers to send in pictures of the birds in their backyards. Within hours, a virtual community of birders from around the country had snapped photos of 230 species. From bald eagles to wood ducks to painted buntings. The project just underscored how nature can bring people together in a frightening time. There's something distinctly soothing about the presence of an animal. Whether it's a cardinal pecking at your feet or a cat sitting in your lap. Animals are innocent. They're stoic. While our world grinds to a halt, theirs carries on. This is something we can learn from them. Another good that I think is coming out of this is that because of COVID-19, we're actually kind of being forced to take a rest. I know many are still working, but even that, I think, has slowed down. And there's so many people now who are staying home, unable to work, and that could be scary. 
but it can also be an opportunity to rest. The civil mandate to go home and stay home is a kind of imposed civil Sabbath. No shopping, no running around, no going to eat, no going to movies. No making plans for the future or worrying about money. It's meant to be a time of rest, not only for God's creature, but for the land. A time for God's distracted and self-absorbed creatures to remember that we are first and foremost recipients, and not the creators of all that is good in our lives. The land, rain, sun, family, friends, work, and most of all, God's grace and provision. We receive this imposed civil Sabbath the way we want to. We can take it as a burden or we can take it as a chance to rest. Letting go of the illusion that we control our lives and our futures. In the middle of our anxieties, we can pray, we sing, and give thanks. In that same vein, another amazing thing is how community is actually getting stronger than ever. You wouldn't imagine that considering we're not allowed to get too close to each other. But it's amazing how many stories there are of people getting closer to their neighbors through this, closer to their friends and family. It's quite astonishing how connected people are, even when they're unable to see one another in person. God is at work drawing people together during this time of crisis. Say what you will about technology, but it has been a true benefit for families, friends, and churches to stay connected during this time of social distancing. Our innate need to stay in community has become apparent, and people are longing to stay connected. People are finding ways to be intentional in the communication through Zoom calls or FaceTime and other creative ways. Even social media has changed and it's less negative and being more encouraging of one another. In this time of social distancing, we are being reminded that we're never meant to live in isolation. Part of being created in the image of God is being designed for community. God even said, man was not meant to be alone. It's not the way he designed humanity. Through this pandemic, it has become clear that we're not meant to live in isolation. We're all being reminded of something we have always known to be true. God is at work through the chaos of the coronavirus as the whole of humanity is stepping 
further into community as we're designed. And I'm hopeful and excited, actually, for to see how people reconnect after this virus. How many people seek out a community to be part of because they realized they didn't like being alone. But they didn't know that because they were too busy with work and everything to realize it. But now they know. Then there's stories. Like many nursing homes, most uh, most are closed to visitors. But there's numerous stories of people visiting their loved ones or by going and having a visit through the window. There's a story of Millie Erickson, whose family really wanted to celebrate her 100th birthday with her. So about a dozen of her family members and nursing home staff gathered outside her window to sing happy birthday as she waved along with the music and teared up. And it was all caught on video. It's an amazing video to watch. It's so heartening to see this family find an outside-the-box way to make their loved one feel embraced and valued during this isolating time. We may currently need to keep our distance from older family members, but that doesn't mean we can't still get together. Those human connections are what will get us through this crisis. There's so many more stories to tell about the good that is happening. The good that people are making happen. I want to close with actually some with an address that came from the Pope that I think is very fitting. Addressing God, the Pope said that it's it's not the time of your judgment, but of our judgment. A time to choose what matters and what passes away. A time to separate what is necessary from what is not. It's a time to get our lives back on track with regard to you, Lord, and to others. The Pope said, the Holy Spirit can use the pandemic to redeem, value, and demonstrate how our lives are woven together and sustained by ordinary people, often forgotten people, who do not appear in newspaper and magazine headlines, but are serving others and making life possible during the pandemic. How many people every day are exercising patience and offering hope, taking care to sow not panic, but a shared responsibility? And how many fathers, mothers, grandparents, and teachers are showing our children in small everyday gestures how to face up to and navigate a crisis? by adjusting their routines 
lifting their gaze and fostering prayer. There is so much good in the world right now in the midst of the struggle. And so much good as a result of the struggle. So many people stepping up and caring for their neighbor in need. Take some time in your life. Look for the good around you. Take this time of forced rest to refocus. I know it's not going to be easy. But God is there to help us. Know that God is working in the world and in our lives to make sure to bring the good out of the bad. Amen. Let's go to the Lord in a time of prayer. Heavenly Father, we are seeking peace in a broken world. But also knowing God's peace through God's presence. Lord, we are seeking peace in suffering, illness, and pain. But also feeling God's peace through healing, prayer, and those who help. Lord, we are seeking peace through our distress, depression, isolation, and fear. But also feeling God's peace through the words of loved ones and the hope we see in the world. Lord, we are seeking peace through the pain of worshiping separately, longing for our holy community to be gathering, but also feeling peace through God's presence with each of us as we worship together distantly. Lord, help, save, comfort, and defend us. Defend us, loving Lord. We need you now as we have needed you every day. Or we cannot live without you. Lord, we raise to you those who are struggling. Those who truly need your spirit. Lord, you know who they are. In particular, we pray for our sister, Renee Troost, as she is sick and she's on her deathbed, Lord. We don't know how long she has, but you know it's just a matter of days. Let we pray for comfort and peace for her. Let we pray that she knows the truth of the love for her that you will be calling her home. Lord, we pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. So, now, as we go, just remember the truth. That is the, those times where we truly 
need God, that he's there for us most. It's our failure to recognize him that makes us feel oh, far from him. God is making so much good come out of the bad right now. And no, that doesn't erase the bad. But it shows the good will always overcome it. And that's a call to action for us. To be the hands of God. So as you go today, be the hands of God. Find new and different ways to reach out to your neighbors, to help out those in need. Do it safely, but still know and do the work of the Lord. As we are the people of God, and that's what he calls us to do. Go, knowing you are loved by God the Father. You are saved by Christ the Son. And you are empowered by the Holy Spirit. Amen.